gave me a specific message for the communion this morning. John, <laughs> to say, John six five, and um, he he gave me three passages of scripture that he wants me to read in sequence. Um, it's going to be John six. Oh, I'm sorry, six fifty one. And oh. Okay. All right. So we're going to read this together. Uh, the next one, Joe, is Luke twenty two. Fifteen through twenty, and then John fourteen twelve. So we woke up this morning, and we're having coffee together, and I was. <laughs> And we had talked last night about whether we should have church today because of the weather and the we've gone through like three weeks of COVID up here on the hill and just uh, but the COVID's gone in Jesus name and we take authority over it to never come back again in Jesus name and um and then it was like, and I said to Chris at like 8.30, I'm like, it's 8.30, what are you doing? Because he usually, right at 8 o'clock, he's like in the shower, he's like, I got to get ready to go to the church. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, we talked last night about not having church. I'm like, yeah, we talked about it. <laughs> but I really felt like we have to come to church today because we need to partake of the body and the blood. And then we need to hear the word of God to give us power to walk this life that we live. So here we are. And um, he gave me this specific, I was listening to different things and praying this morning. And I felt like he, he was saying to me this morning that he wants to give this church, you guys, the mantle of Jesus, the mantle of Jesus. So we're, we're going to do this really quick in our communion this morning. Um, and one of the things I want you to do this week as homework is read, write this down, Acts 2. Okay, that's where it talks about Jesus sending the Holy Spirit, right? Because when he left, he sent us the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and we're going to hear this morning what that means. But for the communion this morning, we're going to read together John six fifty one, And this is the scripture that talks about... You must eat my body and drink my blood. Okay? So let's read it together. Ready? I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh which I give for the life of the world. Can you do 52, Joe? Uh, actually, okay, yeah. Do um, 53. 
Okay, here we go. Ready? Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And so you've heard me say it a hundred times that uh, when Jesus gave this message that he lost many followers, they, they couldn't take it. They were like, what is he talking about? Because, and it's something he wants us to realize this morning, I think. He never, ever asked people to sacrifice blood or to do anything like that that some religions will call on people to do. He took, he knew, and I think we're going to read that verse this morning that uh, in Luke 22, twenty-two seven. Joe, sorry, I want to read that verse. Because he was the lamb, the perfect lamb to be sacrificed. So think about this sequence. First he's talking about, he's telling his people, his disciples and his followers, you have to eat my body and you have to drink my blood. What would you do if I stood up here and said you have to eat my body and drink my blood? <laughs> Julia holds her fingers up like a cross, touches her cross. <laughs> Right? Because, and so, but this is what Jesus showed them as this quick, this beautiful scenario developed because he knew he was the lamb, the perfect lamb of God to be sacrificed for us to shed his blood, right? So, verse 7 then came, read with me, then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Wow, I read that and I was like, oh, can you see it? Like the excitement building up. It was the day that they were to sacrifice the lamb for the nation of Israel, right? the Passover lamb, the lamb that was representing the time where they put the blood on the doorpost and the death angel had to leave them alone and, and not, and they were rescued. Well, this was the final sacrifice, the day that they were going to sacrifice the Passover lamb. And even the disciples thought it was just going to be another ceremony at the temple. They didn't realize it was going to be their Messiah, their Savior, was going to be the one that was sacrificed. And can we go to the next verse? Like, can you do that? Okay. So we might as well read it. Because this is a great story. Ephraim! Ephraim, you know this story. <laughs> okay, here we go. So Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it, they asked. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house. The teacher asked, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room. What does that say? All furnished. Make preparations there. They left and they oh wait, I have something funny to say. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. Like, I wonder if this was the same man that they went and got the donkey, remember? 
when they went to the, get the donkey for him to ride through Jerusalem and they had to go up to him and say, the master needs your donkey. And so supernaturally, see, this is what you carry. This is the mantle of Jesus. It means when you go up to someone and you say, the master needs your donkey, <laughs> they're going to give it to you because you carry the mantle of Jesus, right? So, they left and found things just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. It was a miracle. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. Come on, guys, you got to read with me. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Wow. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and he said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and he gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, this is my body. This is what he's telling them, right, guys? This is what he said, you must eat my body and drink my blood. This is where he reveals to his 12 disciples the secret that we have today. That when we eat it today, his body, and drink his blood supernaturally, we carry the mantle of Jesus. And he, let's read from the beginning. And he took bread and he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Okay, Joe, so now we're going to go to John 14, 12. Hopefully I have these right. And this is what the Lord spoke, the new thing that the Lord spoke to me this morning about communion. And I think that every day you can take communion in your home. You can do it with a graham cracker and a cup of milk, <laughs> if that's all you have. Like, you, you break the bread and you drink the wine and you, um, what the Lord does he is enabling you by that power, the power of partaking. He is enabling you for this purpose. Ready? Let's read it together. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. Here's the key. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. So part of receiving that mantle of Jesus, and the mantle of Jesus, I don't know if you know, do you know what a mantle is? Like Elijah had a mantle, and it was his uh, robe right? And Elijah got taken up into the skies, into the heavens, in a chariot of fire. Guys, this is true. These aren't fables. These, this is truth. He never even experienced death. A chariot of fire came and got him, and he went up into the heavens, and his servant, Elisha, called out he wanted the mantle he wanted the mantle and so elijah threw down his robe for elisha <laughs> and this is what the lord is doing for us he is giving us the power not from us from him 
the mantle, his blood, his body. It's not us. It's him in us. Say that. It's him in us. Say it again. It's him in us. And he says, because this verse always blows my mind. Like, what are you talking about, Jesus? You healed everyone you saw. You delivered everyone from any evil spirit. And he said, you are going to do greater things. And guess what, guys? The time is now. The time is right now. So let's, um, we're going to partake together and thank Jesus for the body and the blood. And then I want you to, uh, this week, go to Acts 2. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Right? In the New Testament, chapter 2. I want you to study it. I want you to pray over it. I want you to read it and study it because this is where we receive the mantle, the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's the, uh, what God gives us. The Holy Spirit is a person and it is, um, it is God <laughs> in spirit form and he comes to what he is available to us. So let's get our communion ready. And let's just hold up the bread. Take your time. We'll wait. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you this morning, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lamb of God. Praise you, Jesus, the perfect Lamb. Praise you, Lord, that you didn't, you said to your Father, your will, not mine. Lord, that you didn't back away. You didn't say, have them send 10,000 angels. You went through with the sacrifice of your life. And greater love has no man than that he lays down his life for another. And Lord, you not only laid down your life, you went and you went down and you got the keys of hell and death and came back in victory. And Lord, we just think about that this morning as we hold this little piece of bread in our hand. And Father, we know that your word says that as we partake, you supernaturally, Lord, give us the power of your body, your body broken for us, for our healing. And Jesus, this morning as we break this bread in our hands, as we break it, we break it for all those who need healing this morning in their body, Jesus. We pray for healing. We pray for the power of healing. We pray for the miracle of healing. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you that by your stripes we are healed. Let us partake together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We just look to you, Lord. We look to those stripes this morning that you took on your back, that you took for us, for a healing, Jesus. And as we, as we eat your body, Lord, we just pray for healing for our bodies right now. Every cell, every blood vessel, every muscle, every skin, every part of us, Lord, you are the king. You are the king. You are sovereign. And you are sovereign over our bodies this morning. We rebuke any sickness or disease in Jesus' name. All right, let's hold up the blood now, the body, or the blood of Jesus, the wine, the grape juice. <laughs> Lord, we thank you 
We thank you. We thank you for the blood that you shed, that poured out of your body. And Lord, it just makes me think about when we get a little cut or we get a little wound where we have blood and it's so painful and it's so scary <laughs> when we see the blood. And Lord, you were, you were just... I don't even know, Lord, if you had any blood left in your veins when they were done torturing you for us. It wasn't quick. It wasn't easy. It was torturous. And Lord, we just, we just thank you so much that you loved us that much. Lord, even when they would sacrifice lambs, in the Old Testament, they would do it quickly. They would do it quickly and as mercifully as possible. But Lord, you were, you were beaten. You were bruised. You were torn apart. You were whipped. You were flogged. Lord, it wasn't easy. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for that. And we thank you, Lord, that you tell us that as you, we drink this drink, that, Lord, you transform your power in us supernaturally. You cover us with your blood. And your love is enough. Your love is enough, Lord. And we thank you, Jesus. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. We give you honor, Jesus. We praise you. We worship you. You are king. You are Lord. You are sovereign. Thank you, Lord. Let's partake together. Let's just lift up a hand this morning and receive the forgiveness. Receive the forgiveness that he gives to us. So many times we won't forgive ourselves when he we won't receive his forgiveness. But Lord, this morning we lift our hand to you and we say we thank you and we receive your forgiveness. We receive your cleansing. We receive it, Lord. And help us to walk in your love, your power, your glory. Lord, we just praise you this morning. Just send your forgiving power this morning to us here. Lord, send your forgiving power, your cleansing your freedom. Lord, forgiveness brings freedom. Lord, we break every bondage in the name of Jesus, every bondage that the enemy would try to put on our lives by the body and the blood of Jesus this morning. Praise you, Lord. And we thank you, Jesus, for the word that is going to come. Lord, we pray that you would bless Chris, with a word for your people to keep us going, to keep us strong, Lord, to keep us looking up, to keep us hopeful. And we praise you and thank you this morning for this time. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. All right, on that note, it's time to take up an offering, amen? Come on down, Grace. I'd like to say welcome back, everyone. It's been like forever. It's good to be back in the house of God, huh? The presence of the Lord. We should have the presence of the Lord always, wherever we go. 
All right. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for this day. We thank you and we praise you, Lord God, for those that are here, and Lord God, and those that are hearing. And I pray, Father, you would bless them abundantly, that you would increase in them, and that you would increase in their finances, Lord, and not just in their finances, and not just, Lord God, I pray that you would just pour out a supernatural blessing upon them, upon your people in, their, in health, Lord God, and in joy and love and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness. Lord God, we just pray an outpouring. We just pray an outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome back. A lot has happened since we've last met, which was January 2nd, and it's already almost the end of January, it's the 30th. <clears throat> like my wife was saying, COVID went through Omicron, went through our family. We've had some sorrow in our family. And we pray for the families. We all lost, Joe lost his cousin Amy to COVID. And we are just, we've been praying and praying and praying for her to be healed. Lord God, but she's healed now in Jesus' name. She's home with the Lord. And we're just praying for the families, Lord, that you would help them. Let's just pray for them right now. Let's just agree in prayer. Father, we just lift up, Lord God, the families, Lord God. Lord, we pray, Father, that you would uh, help them through this time of grief and mourning, Lord Jesus, that you would be with them, Lord God, and that, Lord God, that you would comfort them. We pray for the Prince of Peace and the Comforter to come and minister to them, Lord God, and we just, well, we just lift them up to you, Lord God, that you would help them through this time, Lord Jesus, and that you would reassure them, Lord God. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's hard when you lose a loved one and, it's, and you don't understand it. Because you don't understand what's going on, God's plan. But God has a plan. Let me reassure you about that. And God is constantly working His plan. Amen. We never know when God is going to call us home, do we? We never know. We've had some close calls. My father had a close call this last week or so ago. We, we don't know. You don't know when God's going to call you home. Morning, noon, or night, he can show up anytime. Our life is but a twinkling of an eye. It's short. And we're only here for a little while, but eternity is forever. That's why we want to get our lives right with God, amen? No more delays. No more putting it off. It's time to get our, right, our lives right with God. And that could be the title of this sermon. It's time to get your life right with God. Because time is short. We are running out of time. We have plagues, earthquakes, rumors of wars, volcanoes, blizzards, all these things, you know, that Jesus warned us about. We got food shortages. We got all kinds of problems in the world like never before. Never before in, our, in the history of my life or the history of, of many of lives that are older than I am, of this, all these things are happening. And they're all happening at once. We are closer and closer with war with the Russians in Ukraine. And don't get me wrong, don't you think that our adversaries out there are watching us. I told my wife, China's waiting. They've already threatened that they're going to take Taiwan, and if America does anything to stop them, 
then it's going to be a military conflict. Now, I don't know about you, but that means that we're going to be spread across two, could be two major wars with two major powers. You know, Russia's not a small power. They're a superpower. China is a superpower. America is a superpower. And when you have two against one, that's not a fair fight. But I'm going to tell you, we need to be praying. We need to be praying. We need to be praying for our country. We need to be praying for God's intervention. Jesus told us all these things. In Luke chapter 21, verses 29 and 30. If you got your Bibles, you can open up to them. Jesus told him this parable. <clears throat> he said, look at the fig tree. And all these trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself... And know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things happening. And isn't that what we're seeing right now? All these things happening at once. Wars, rumors of wars, famines, plagues, pestilences. I mean, there's turmoil out there like never before. People are under stress like never before. They really don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. We really don't know what tomorrow is going to hold for us. You know, they have, they have concerns of our economy crashing. All these things. But Jesus said, when you see all these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. I'm telling you. It's no more time to be playing around and playing church. No more time. We're running out of time. It's not time to be putting off salvation. Now the one thing that I do know that's great here is I know that everybody in this building knows Jesus Christ. Everybody in this building accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And I am so blessed and thankful for that. I am so thankful that my family knows Jesus. All of them. They've all heard the gospel. They've heard the good news. They've accepted Jesus. Some might not have. But I'm warning those that have not that it's time. If you haven't made a decision for Christ, then don't delay. Because we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. Amen? We don't know. But we do know that the kingdom of God is coming. It's nearer now than it was yesterday. And it's nearer now than it's been ever before in the history of the world. Are you guys ready? That's my question to you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for when that day comes to meet Jesus? We have to be ready. We have to have that blessed assurance. Amen? It's time that you get to know Jesus. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 18, Says both don't but don't forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. And some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish 
for everyone to come to repentance. You know, Jesus is patient with us. That's what we just read. Jesus doesn't want to lose one person on this earth. Not one. His will is not for one person to perish. Jesus' will up there is for each one of us is to come into repentance. To receive his free gift of salvation. His will is for you to be with him in heaven forever. His will is not one should perish. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Do you know that David Wilkerson had a vision of the last days and he looked up and he saw the heavens were like on fire. That's the last prophecy of his to come past in that vision that he had. Every other one of them has. That's going to happen. I told my wife last night as we were laying in bed, getting ready to go to sleep, and I was looking out the window at the stars, and I said, can you imagine just looking out there and seeing the heavens on fire? I said, we'd have to bolt to our, we'd have to bolt to our basement. That's <laughs> what I said in my flesh. But what we need to do is look up because our redemption draweth nigh. Because Jesus is coming soon, morning, night, or noon. We don't have a lot of time to be playing around with salvation. I'm telling you, for those that are listening, if you're not saved, it's time to get saved. It's time to get saved. It's time to get your life right with God. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. As you look forward to the day of God and the speed that's coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire. And the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. The home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Be in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Our Lord is patient because he wants many to come to salvation. Do you know, I'm going to skip this a little bit. Because I want to read to you the definition of salvation. Salvation is preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss. Let me say that again. The definition of salvation is preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss. That is exactly what Jesus did for us on that cross. When he died. He died. He went to the cross for our salvation. And it says in the Bible makes it perfectly clear. That no man can go, go to heaven except through him. Perfectly clear. You cannot mix those words up. That's in John 14.6. It says that Jesus is the way the truth, and the life. No one, let me repeat, no one comes to the Father except through me. Now I don't know 
what you all listen to or what others are listening to. But I'm going to tell you this. God is not a liar. His words are true and amen. You can count on it. When Jesus says it, you better believe it. And when he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. All these things in this word are going to come to pass. It's all going to happen one of these days. Everything. And we're closer and we're living in some of the greatest times in the history of the world for a Christian to live in. Because we're going to see these things and God is going to catch us up off this earth and save us and redeem us. Because we stood fast for him and we believed his word and we did not deny his word or we did not deny him. His word is true and amen. Some rather not believe it because they're afraid or they're living in fear. Some don't believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That no one can go to heaven except through him. Some don't believe that. They believe that there's many ways that they can get to heaven. And I'm telling you, they're walking on thin ice. They're not even walking on ice. They're drowning. Because it's a lie. Do not be deceived. Do not be caught by false doctrine. Do not listen to a lie. Do not believe a lie. I'm going to tell you, and do not believe a man. You believe God's word. You believe God's word. Because God's word will never fail you and never forsake you. God will never leave you. You want true peace, you believe God's word. You accept Jesus. You want true joy, then you believe God's word. You want to know what true love is? Read God's word. Because that's what this is all about. My sermons are, you know, I get told I preach a lot on the end times. Well, we're living in the end times for one. But it's all about God's love for you. They might be harsh. They might sound scary. But it's a warning. Not to delay. Not to, you know, these last few weeks we've had a few weeks off. Because of COVID and because of cold weather. And you know, I can even tell you in my spirit, it was nice to have a little bit of a break. But it's nice to be back in the house of God preaching his word again. Because I should never let my spirit get dulled. And we should never let our spirit get dulled. God has so much more for us, as my wife shared in her communion. I think we're going to do, as my wife was sharing in communion, I think we should do a Julie's communion blog and have it out there every day separately. Julie's communion service. I think that's a good idea. But I'm telling you, we need to get on fire for God. We need to get serious with the Lord. You know, if there's things that you need to repent of, now's the day to repent. Don't wait for tomorrow. Get rid of it now and be set free from that. Because the enemy, the devil, is just holding you in bondage. And that's exactly what he wants you to do. He's going to hold it over your head. And he's going to torment you. And I'm telling you, the devil, demonic, is out there tormenting people left and right. He has ramped up his tormenting on the Christians. He is trying to oppress. He is trying to possess. But he cannot possess the spirit unless you yield it to him. If you have God in you, it says greater he who is in you than he who is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. But the devil will definitely still come and try and torment you. The demonic is real. And if anybody tells you that it's not, then they're a liar. But salvation is a free gift from God. 
This whole thing. It's not about doom and gloom. You know, we have got greater things that are promised to us by Jesus, by God himself in this word. Yeah, we're going to go through some hard stuff, but you got to get beyond the hard stuff. Quit looking at the present and look at the future of what's coming. We got God's kingdom coming. God's throne is going to be set up here on earth. God is going to be the light. We're not going to need a sun or a moon because his glory is going to shine across the earth. You know, he's coming to prepare a place. The heavens are shaking and the earth is quaking because the kingdom of God is drawing near. And people are going to be, that are for God, are going to live in all this glory and in the presence of the Lord. But those that are not for God are going to be lost. And they're going to be living in everlasting torment. That's why I warn. That's why I preach like this. Because God's got such great love for you that he wants to keep you out of hell. This whole book, they said, the greatest love story in this whole book is in Revelation. Because it shows you what God is doing for his people. How he's going to rescue them. How he's going to save them. How he promises them that if you're an overcomer, then you will be with me in my kingdom. If you're an overcomer, I'm going to give you a new name. I'm going to write a stone on it with a new name and give it to you. For those that overcome will be with me forever. And all I want to do is take your hand and put it in the hand of the one who can truly love you, who can truly save you. There is no man that can save you. I can't save a soul, but Jesus saves all of them. All I can do is lead you to him. And this whole thing is about repentance. Getting your life right with God. The whole thing's about salvation, about saving us from destruction. He's about delivering us from harm. That's what Jesus wants to do. That's what salvation means, to deliver you from harm, to deliver you from the evil that's upon this earth, to deliver you from the days that are coming upon this earth. Amen. That's what Jesus wants to do. He wants to deliver you from the harm, from the ruin, from the lost, or lost. But it's only through Jesus that you can accept that. It's only through Jesus that you can receive that free gift. It's only through Jesus that you can receive salvation. He is the salvation station. <laughs> you know? He is the way, the truth, and the life. He makes it very clear. It's very clear. I don't know how theologians can get it all mixed up. I don't know how other people can misunderstand that or misinterpret that. That's very clear. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now how can you twist that around? It's clear. Simple. I got written down here, your witchcraft, your gaming, your idol worshiping. None of it's going to save you. AI is not going to save us. Man is not going to save us. A meta-universe is not going to save us. All that stuff is in gaming and meta-universes is all it's doing is consuming your time. It's distracting you. Pulling you away from the one who loves you. And it makes you believe you're living in a false reality. In reality, when it's a false reality. It's a lie. Who is a liar? The devil. Who is a deceiver? The devil. Buddha, Hindu, Islam, Chrislam, as Jack Impey would say. And he warned us. 
of all these things. None of them can save you. Buddha can't, Hindu can't, Gandhi can't. And many more with all their claims can't save you. There is only one way, and that is through Jesus. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it's time that you accept that. It's time that we repent and turn to God with all our heart. Because it's only through Jesus. I wrote down here, so stop running. Repent and get your life right with God. Surrender to His way today before it's too late. Before it's too late. Because I'm telling you, there are events that are happening in this world right now that Jesus told us all about. You can read them in Matthew. You can read them in Luke. Luke 21. Let's go there. Luke 21, we'll start at verse 8. Sorry, Joe. I didn't give them these warnings. It says, He replied, Watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming I am he. And the time is near. He said, do not follow them. When you hear of wars or revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. <coughs> you know, we're seeing some pretty crazy things, signs in heaven. They discovered another planet on the other side of the sun. They call it that planet X, Nibiru. Our grandson could have told you about that three years ago. He knew all about planet X. The sun's having major solar flares in the heavens. We're seeing asteroids every day now skimming just past the earth. Very close. Some of them very large asteroids. We're seeing all these things. We're hearing all these things. <clears throat> We're seeing persecution. You know, the Christians are one of the largest persecuted religions in the world. It's happening, and not only that, it's happening in our own country, in America. The land of the whole, the land of the free, the home of the brave. It's happening. <coughs> they will deliver you to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors. It's happening right now. And all on account of my name. This will result in you being witnesses to them. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will be, how you would defend yourself. For I will give you the words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Thanks. I can get my stronger glasses here. You will be betrayed by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me, but not a hair on your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. Amen? When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out. And let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment and fulfillment 
of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars on the earth. Nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring of the tossing of the sea. What do we just see happen in Tonga? A major volcano exploded and caused tsunamis in Tonga. What have we seen in Sri Lanka in our lifetime? A major tsunami. What do we see another tsunami in Japan? You know, I listened to a pastor called Pastor Paul Begley. He doesn't call it a timeline. He calls it a sign line. Just look and read the signs. You can see how close we are. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. When they see these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Amen? These things are happening. Now, says here, I'm going to skip down to verse 34, because I read 29 through 31. It says, be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap, <clears throat> for it will come upon you. It will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Did you hear that? It will come upon all those who live on the face of the earth. That means all of us. Be always on the watch and pray that you, will, that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Right there, it talks about escaping all that's going to happen. It talks about the rapture. To me, that means the rapture. That means God is going to send down his angels with a trumpet blast, and he's going to gather up his elect. But in order for that to happen, you've got to have Jesus in your heart. First things first, right? Can't put the cart before the horse. I believe I said that right. Can't put the cart before the horse. I'm just telling you. It's time. It's time. Because we don't know what tomorrow, we don't know what the rest of this afternoon might bring. We don't know what's going to go on. You know, keep your eyes open. Keep watch. What did the Bible say? What did Jesus tell us to do? Keep watch and pray. Amen. Watch and and pray. So you really, we really need to be praying. Watching and praying. Amen? Amen? Amen. So Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this day. I pray, Father, for your blessings upon it. I pray, Lord God, that, Lord, that we wouldn't be frightened by all these things, Lord. We shouldn't be frightened by them. We shouldn't be taken by surprise on what's going on on the earth, Lord God. But we should be looking up. We should be watching and praying. Watching because your kingdom's coming. And praying that you're going to take us away from all this destruction and devastation. Lord God, that we may escape all these troubles. And that we'll be able to stand before the throne of God with white robes, glorious, Lord God, and praising you on that day. And that you'll say to us, 
Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come with me. And you won't say, depart from me, I never knew you. Lord, help us to know you. Lord, show yourself to us. We want to know you, Lord. We want to know your ways. We want to know it. And we can do it by prayer and by reading your word. Lord Jesus, help us. And by praise. Help us all, Lord. Help us all. We need your help. Lord, we need your guidance. We need your love. Lord, and I just pray all of this. I pray your blessings upon your people today. I pray for your Holy Spirit to anoint us. I pray for that fire to fall, for that mantle of the Holy Spirit, that mantle which is your anointing, to fall upon your people, to do the greater works, to set the captives free, to deliver the depressed, to heal the sick, to mend up the brokenhearted. Lord God, help us to set the captives free. Lord, I pray for this, and I pray for your hands to be upon us. This week, as we go out from here, pray that we would read Acts 2, as my wife said. Lord God, that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit, that we would be blessed in our comings and our goings, and that you would keep us, and that you would prosper us, even through all this craziness, that your people would prosper, that we would be in good health. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.